Divine Shepherd Lutheran Church and School in Blackhawk, South Dakota, is happy to share God's Word preached for you by Pastor Randy Sturzenbecker. We pray that you will rejoice in Christ crucified and resurrected for you. The waters of baptism, the Lord's Supper, and the forgiveness of sins, all for you, from Jesus. From Amos, the ninth chapter. In that day, I will raise up the booth of David that is fallen, and repair its breaches, and raise up its ruins, and rebuild it as in the days of old, that they may possess the remnant of Edom, and all the nations who are called by my name, declares the Lord, who does this. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper, and the treader of grapes, him who sows the seed. The mountains shall drip sweet wine, and the hills shall flow with it. I will restore the fortunes of my people Israel, and they shall rebuild the ruined cities and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink their wine, and they shall make gardens and eat their fruit. I will plant them on their land, and they shall never again be uprooted out of the land that I have given them, says the Lord your God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The catechetical review is printed for you in the inside of your bulletin. We read together. The sacrament of the altar. What is, this, what is the sacrament of the altar? It is the true body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ under the bread and wine instituted by Christ himself for us Christians to eat and drink. Where is this written? The holy evangelists, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and St. Paul write, Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. What is the benefit of this eating and drinking? These words, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins, show us that in the sacrament, forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation are given us through these words. For where there is forgiveness of sins, there is also life and salvation. The epistle reading is from Romans, the 12th chapter. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service, in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another, showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. 
Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and, and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be conceited. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand for the singing of the gospel. Hallelujah. St. John, the second chapter. On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water now become wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In my sermon text for today, John's Gospel, John here records the first miracle of Jesus at the beginning of his ministry. And this is the only place where we see this, for it's not found in any of the other Gospels. And John is the one, the Gospel writer, who wants to make very plain and show us that Jesus is who he says he is, the very begotten Son of God. He says at the beginning of his, his Gospel that he was the Word that was with God in the beginning, and now the Word incarnate taking on flesh and blood like you and me. And of course, when we read this text, every time we see that there are allusions to baptism and the Lord's Supper, and certainly those are valid connections that we, that we make. But it's really in this miracle, this miracle of turning the water into wine, that we see Christ's love displayed for us through what he does here at this wedding. And it's no small thing, dear saints, that the Son of God is present at this wedding. For God instituted marriage. It's honorable and it's good. 
We see this in the garden after the creation of Adam and Eve. And it says this, that therefore a man shall leave his mother and father and cling to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. God instituted it. Male and female, he created us. God blessed it. He sanctified marriage, and with gladness and joy, we then can see our marriages as blessings from God. And Jesus' presence at this wedding displays the divine's blessing of this union on this day in Cana. The exchange between Jesus and his mother is quite interesting in a couple of ways. And John just records this very matter-of-factly. She comes to Jesus and she says, they have no wine. And Jesus responds with, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Now what's interesting here is that Mary could have shrunk back from this seeming rebuke from Jesus. She could have sat back in silence. And she could have not said anything more. But she doesn't miss a beat. In fact, she says, the next thing that she does, with great faith, she responds with telling the servants, whatever he tells you to do, do it. Mary, mother of God, had not forgotten the prophecies of her son. She knew that he was the one who was born to not only save many from their sins, but to save her from her sins as well. She believed that this son, the Messiah, was able to help, and in her response, she doesn't show the slightest doubt or hesitation. Again, in faith, she says these words to the servants. So when we look at this text, uh, was it necessary, I guess we could ask ourselves this question, that the guest be served more wine? After all, at this, this point, Many had drunk the wine that had been served. Was there really any need for more wine? But Jesus helped them out with this embarrassing situation. And it is his good pleasure uh, for his people at all times. Not only does our gracious Lord care about the greatest needs in our lives, but he cares in the small things. He's involved in the nitty-gritty of our everyday lives and routines. It's easy for us to forget that God loves us and cares about all of our needs. And we can, and we do find him in the smallest of details in our lives. There are no coincidences with those who are baptized into Christ and belong to him. So Jesus, out of love, took care of what could have been an embarrassing situation. And look at what he did. Look at how he did it. He didn't just provide another gallon or two of wine, but nearly 120 gallons all told, using these jars of dirty water that were used for purification rites. What God does is always overflowing in abundance. And he uses these means, these ordinary things, to provide these wedding guests with what I'm sure was the best wine that they had ever tasted, perhaps for many of them, ever in their lifetimes. John says then that through this miracle, Jesus manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. How many, many more may have come to faith that, that day? 
as they saw and realized that this was the Son of God. Throughout the Gospels, we read and see evidence of God's power displayed in miracles. So this tells us, the Word tells us that He is a God of miracles. And He cares about His people and His creation. You and I suffer from this malady, and it's called sin. Oftentimes in our sin, we can find ourselves shrinking back in faith. We don't trust God and all of his promises for us, especially in times when the law is right there to convict us of our sins and our failures and how easily we can cower in self-doubt and despair. Instead of trusting the sure promise of God's word for us, and forgiveness of sins. And instead of focusing on what is going on around us in the midst of our trial, our suffering, whatever that may be, we can look to Christ because we know Him. We know who He is from His Word. We know that He is gracious and merciful and abounds in steadfast love, for this is who He is. How easily we think that He doesn't care about the minutia of our lives. Yet he does. And the Bible tells us to cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. The purpose of a miracle is to strengthen faith. We know that Jesus is a God of miracles as we see in the Gospels as I talked about. But these miracles that we read of in Scripture isn't just simply something that we can look back and say, oh, that's nice, Jesus did all these wonderful miracles, and it's just something of the past from the Scriptures. For dear saints, he performs miracles in his church every day with ordinary means. And just like in the wedding at Cana where he used this ordinary dirty water these jugs, he uses the miracle of ordinary water with his word, your baptism, to connect you to the cross where he suffered and died for you. He uses ordinary wine and bread, and through that miracle, he gives you his very body and blood for the forgiveness of your sins. He uses ordinary sinners just like you, your pastors who preach the forgiveness of sins through his word to you, delivering the miracle of Christ's words of absolution to you, the forgiveness of your sins. It's an absolute miracle, dear saint, that he has called you by his gospel and he has enlightened you with his gifts and he sanctified you in the true faith, that he chose you to be his own. And just as he reveals himself in the turning of ordinary water into wine here at the wedding in Cana, he has saved you and promises to be with you always, even to the end of the age. Every day of your life until the day comes that you go to be with him. This is all evidence of his great love, his steadfast love that he has for his people. The filth of our sin has been cleansed by his blood, washing all your sins away in the great flood of your baptism. Your faith through these miracles, that miracle is strengthened. And you overflow as a result because he is a God of abundance. As the master of the feast said here in the gospel, you have kept the good wine until now. 
Dear Saint, he has kept the best until last for you. And he cares about every detail of you. We now have the gift of his comforter, the Holy Spirit. And he will be with us and with you every baptismal day of your life until the end. Because this is who Jesus is, in abundance, overflowing, and a never-ending supply. In the name of Jesus, amen. We confess the Christian faith using the Apostles' Creed. And. 